Goedemorgen allemaal. To the great disappointment of many, I'm not actually going to be speaking in Afrikaans today. Sorry. <laughs> um, but I'd actually like to take you um, on a journey that I've been on um, towards the end of last year. And um, I'm hoping many of you will relate uh, to what I'm about to share today. Otherwise, I'm just preaching to myself, which, which is okay as well. Um, but um, towards the end of last year, I, I was up in Johannesburg. We had some family issues to sort out uh, with my dad and, um, and just some family stuff. And I worked in a bit of business at the same time. And uh, while all of this was going on, um, we got a, a family group. And on the family group, it, it was put that, that my uncle... Um, was in hospital, and, uh, and seeing that I was up in Johannesburg, um, it, it would be a good opportunity to, uh, to go visit. And uh, so I went with, with my brother to the hospital, and, and while we were waiting, I, I remember the type of man that my uncle was, or how I remembered him. And uh, he was, uh, for as long as I can remember, an alcoholic. Uh, so he was, he was quite violent, quite angry, um, quite a, a hard man, as, as I remember him. Um, I remember, you know, when I used to see him as, as a boy, he used to have, like, scars all over his knuckles from the fights that he was in. So he'd go to bars, get drunk, and um, I think he always picked on, on guys bigger than him or groups of guys, and as long as he can get one shot in, he was happy. But he would find himself beaten up in the gutter, bloodied, bruised, um, and this is how I, I remembered my uncle. And um, when I saw him on the hospital bed, he was, he was a different person. He was happy, he was yeah, sober, awake. Um, and that short time I shared with him was, was actually really special to me because um, I saw a different side of him. And as we were about to leave the hospital, I just felt like, I wonder if I should share the gospel with my uncle. But I was, I was getting a lift with my brother. My, my brother's a, a, an, an atheist, or um, well, the last time he told me he was. And, uh, and there were lots of people in the ward, so I thought, you know, it's been years since I've, I've seen my uncle, so let me phone him, rather, when I'm home, and I will, I'll build that relationship and then, you know, tell him about Jesus. So I left Johannesburg, went back down to Cape Town, uh, or came back here, and uh, life carried on. And about two weeks later, uh, it was on the group again that my uncle had come out of hospital. He was getting discharged the next day. Um, but two weeks later, um, my sister messaged again, and she said, my uncle's back in the hospital. He's got swollen ankles, and, and he's a bit delirious, not knowing what he's what's going on around him. Um, and I was, I was in the midst of work, and I thought, when I get home, I'm going I'm to phone him. And uh, two days later, my sister phoned me and said, your uncle's passed away. And in that moment, I was like, how, how disobedient was I? And, and I was on this journey of, of what just happened. Um, I had, looking back, I could see that um, 
that God put me there. And for years and years and years, I had not seen my uncle, yet I was with him, and I never shared the, the good news with him. And now he was gone. And, and I've been processing this with, uh, with the Lord. And, um, and I know one day I'll need to give an account uh, for what I didn't do. Because um, in Romans 2, 5 or 6, it says, A day of anger is coming when God's righteous judgment will be revealed, and He'll judge everyone according to what they have done. Or in this case, what wasn't done. So I had to dig down and, and really ask the Lord, what, what was the root issue of, of me shying away from this? And it really came down to fear. So I want to talk to you today about the fear of man. Um, and what was I afraid of in that moment? And I believe we're all going to be faced with those moments as we go through life. So I'd actually like you to think about maybe a family member now um, or a work colleague or someone at college or school, and, um, and think about the people who you have an opportunity to tell the good news to, those who don't know about Jesus. Um, are we quick to, to share the, 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 the good news with them? And if we're not, then we've got to ask ourselves why, and I've been asking myself the same question. So in that moment, so I was scared that I wouldn't create, uh, communicate the, the message properly. I find it easier to th sing things than speak. Sometimes I get my words mixed up and, and so forth. Um, I was also afraid of, um, of looking stupid in front of all those people. So there was pride that I had to deal with. I was afraid that people would be offended by the message that I shared, that my uncle would be offended by it. Um, I was scared with how they would react, how my uncle would react. And I was scared of what people would think of me. And all these fears in that moment were more than my fear for the Lord. And I think as we go through life, we're going to experience these moments. It's, it's easier to be in this environment and declare that Jesus is Lord than being out in the world and doing the same. Can, can we have the same response out in the world that we had this morning? Um, these are the questions I've been facing. So this journey with the Lord, uh, he, he basically said I must identify the excuses and get rid of them. So I found three excuses that I had in that moment. You know, that, that moment where you're like, should I share the good news? And then all these excuses come. So in that moment... The first excuse I had was that I would wait for a better moment. Or I'll build a relationship first and then tell the good news. So the, re the root is fear, and the result is death. Because sometimes the best time is now, because you might not have another time later. The next excuse I had was that um, the, the gift of evangelism is not my gift you know, I, I may be better gifted at keyboard than, than sharing the good news. You know, I'll leave that gift to, you know, guys who have a heart for it, like Chloe, you know, that's, and, um, and, and I would rather stick to, to keyboard, you know, that's my gift, and all our little gifts, you know, work together, you know, to build the church. 
Um, but then the Lord gave me the scripture in uh, John 17. And he was speaking to his disciples, and this was um, a, converse, a prayer that he was uh, praying to his disciples, actually just before um, he was betrayed on the cross. So it should carry some significance. And he said to them, uh, now he's praying to his father for his disciples, make them holy by your truth. Teach them your word, which is truth. Just as you have sent me into the world, I am sending them into the world. And I give myself as a holy sacrifice for them so that they can be made holy by your truth. And I'm praying not only for these disciples, but also for all who will ever believe in me through their message. So we all have no excuse. Jesus is saying to the Father, just as the world sent, sorry, just as you sent me to the world, I'm sending them into the world. So Jesus is sending us, his disciples and us, because he's praying not only for the disciples, but for us, for everyone who believes. So we all have a responsibility to share the good news. And, um, and again, this excuse, the root of this excuse is fear. And the consequence of not following this um, is that I won't walk ever in the fullness of God if I believe that my gift is for me and other people have, have their gifts. Um, in reality, we will be given gifts throughout our walk with the Lord. And um, one day the Lord might tell you to go and pray for someone on the street, and you don't have or, or feel you have a gift of healing, but He might give you the gift of healing in that moment as we are obedient. So if we're really to walk in the fullness of the Lord, we need to believe that we've got access to all the gifts, and God will choose um, to give us those gifts as we walk through this journey with Him. The other thing I realized with this excuse about um, evangelism, um, let me go to Romans 10 verse 9. So Romans 10 says, If you openly declare that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is by believing in your heart that you are made right with God. And it is by openly declaring your faith that you are saved. So I had to really look at my, myself going, if I'm not openly prepared to declare what I believe, is my heart really in a position where I, I truly believe what I'm saying? And I think we're all going to be faced with, with that at, uh, at some stage. But do we believe in our hearts that we made right with God? And if so... Are we openly declaring our faith, not only in church, but in our everyday walk? So if I don't openly declare wherever I go, there is the fear of man in me. And is it that I'm embarrassed by what I believe? Um, another... Another excuse that I had was, um, or that we can sometimes have, is, is God understands. He's a kind and loving God, full of grace and mercy. 
So if I'm weak in this area, it's fine. Now the truth is, God is kind. He is loving. He is full of grace and mercy. But in Deuteronomy 4, it says, The Lord your God is a devouring fire, and He is a jealous God. So I can't sit with that excuse saying that, um, that it's fine. Jesus, if, if I'm embarrassed by the word, if that's one of the reasons why I don't want to share with non-believers. Uh, Jesus also, he took me to Matthew 10, 32. And he was saying, anyone who acknowledges me publicly here on earth, I also acknowledge publicly, or I also acknowledge before my Father in heaven. But anyone who denies me on earth, I will also deny before my Father in heaven. Don't imagine that I came to bring peace to the earth. I came not to bring peace, but a sword. I have come to set man against his father and daughter against her mother and a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. Your enemies will be right in your own household. If you love your father and your mother more than you love me, you are not worthy of being mine. And if you love your sons and daughters more than me, you are not worthy of being mine. If you refuse to take up your cross and follow me, you are not worthy of being mine. And if you cling to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for me, you will find it. So this is a very hectic scripture <laughs> for me. Um, but it's still true. It's what Jesus um, says. So if I'm embarrassed of what I believe and I don't acknowledge publicly what I believe, will Jesus acknowledge before the Father in heaven? So the other thing that I was thinking about um, is, is that one of the reasons I had so much fear is that the message we share can be offensive to a lot of people. Um, so the message requires me to die to myself in order to, to share it. That means humbling myself and removing the pride from my life. It's humbling myself that's, uh, that removes fear. So the message of Christ can be highly offensive, and why is this? It's because ultimately we b believe that the word that Jesus gave us is God-breathed. It's absolute truth. So there's so many truths out there. I, I googled 15 very quickly. Uh, th there's empirical truth, convenient truth, physical truth, historical truth, narrative truth, poetic truth, manufactured truth, judicial truth, existential truth, objective truth, normative truth, subjective truth, anika truth, dukkha truth, Anata truth. So it's no wonder that people say, you believe your truth and I'll believe my truth. So it's quite offensive when you say your truth is actually wrong and that we believe absolute truth. So it says in, in John 17, it says, make them holy by your truth. Teach them your word, which is truth. So the word that we get is from God himself and it's truth. 
And I give myself as a holy sacrifice for them so that they can be made holy by your truth. So we're made holy by applying what we read in the Word. So it's highly offensive what we say. Um, some family members and work colleagues, this is what's, what they believe. Um, and even when we were at the memorial, or uh, I was streaming in for the memorial service, and, and, and this is what people were saying. Um, they, were, they were saying, regardless of what you believe, everyone will go to heaven. Um, in the world, they say, if you die, you become a shining star, looking down on earth, living happily ever after. Some believe that when you're feeling down, you can call on the, the, the energy of the trees to lift your spirits. Some believe that when life is hard, you simply need to be positive to turn this around. And by pouring more and more positivity into your life, bad things will not happen to you. And if life is not giving you a break, you simply need to pour more positivity into it. And some have replaced God with the universe. So when they receive some good fortune, they thank the universe. They believe that everything happens for a reason. So regardless of whether you have made bad decisions in your life, everything happens for a reason, and the universe will somehow sort it out for you. So this is the truth that people believe. But we know that that is not truth. But I believe that the reason people believe this is that when family members die, it's easier to believe that everyone goes to heaven than dealing with the fact that some people may go to hell. When I believe that when you die, you're a beautiful star out there that keeps looking down and, and living for, forever and ever, it's easier believing that to say that what we believe on earth has eternal ramifications. How will my family and my cousins react if I say that there's a real chance that our uncle is going to spend eternity in hell? That can be an offensive message. If I believe in the universe and then I can answer to myself. I don't have to answer to God. And if everything happens for a reason, then I can make foolish decisions and I'll just say everything happens for a reason. So this is what, what people believe. Um, very, very quickly, um, a work colleague of mine um, just before COVID, uh, she phoned me, and um, I could hear there was like absolute panic in her voice, and she's like, Raymond, Raymond, please, uh, my husband is, is vomiting up blood. I don't know what to do. What is the number for, for the ambulance? And she was, she was frantic. And um, towards the end of that conversation, she was just like, Raymond, please, whatever you do, please go on your prayer groups and pray, please pray, 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 pray. And um, when her husband was coming out of hospital, um, so he was in recovery, he was going to come out in, in a day or two, um, I was having a conversation with her, and she says, I'm just drawing on all the energy of the trees to send to him so that he will get better. So when we faced with death, Remember when God breathed, uh, Adam was made from dust. 
and we are made in God's image. So I believe in our DNA, we all deep down, whether you're saved or unsaved, you know there's a God. We are made in His image. And when people are faced with death, they are forced to call on that name. And they are forced to at least admit that there is a God out there when everything else is stripped away. So to, to summarize, to get rid of the fear of man, I must identify and remove all the excuses. And when you start digging for the excuses, God, God will help you to remove them quite quickly. And I need to get to the root cause. And in my case, God revealed that the root cause of not sharing the word with my uncle in that, in that uh, place was pride of what people would think, how I would react, how would they react. And it was also a moment of unbelief. And uh, in that moment, um, I remember that, that we serve an invisible God. And sometimes when we're out in the world, we forget that God's real. Uh, in here, God is real. But then God started reminding me of that although we serve an invisible God, He is evident everywhere. And He is evident today. And He's evident here on most Sundays. I saw last year He was evident where some guys in our community were free of tick after giving them their lives to the Lord. God was evident when they quit smoking just by being baptized. They were evident, we, we saw evidence of healing the whole of last year, right before our very eyes, where bones that were broken were healed instantly, where people that had disease were, were healed. We had friends that had tractors fall on them, and calling out the name of Jesus, all they had was a, a broken arm. We saw miraculous things last year. Personally, my back I had a slip disc, someone prayed for it, it was instantly healed. And I was on a run, and I had an inflamed ankle, and I thought, well, it's the same God who heals. So I prayed for my own ankle, and it was healed. So my God's alive. These things didn't happen due to positive thinking or mind over matter, as the world believes. That's all nonsense. It happened Sometimes when I didn't believe or was, when I was in disbelief or lacked faith, but God chose still in those moments to reveal himself and set people free. Our God is alive. I see him at, at work in our church and in our lives. I will not pray to the things anymore that God created, but I will pray to the creator himself. I'll pray to the God that spoke everything into being. I will not believe that positivity and positive thinking will solve my problems. But I, I'll pray that, that to the Lord, <laughs> that even if I'm not positive, that my problems will be solved, because He's a good Father. I will serve a God that works in my life, because I believe in Him. My God is alive. He talks to me. And He leads me through life. And I had to repent that even though He is so faithful, I was not. I would let mere humans make me more fearful than our Creator. Humans that are here today and gone tomorrow, humans that are mere dust, 
that I would be scared of what they think over what my Creator thinks, who stitches every human together in their mother's womb. So I had to put into perspective who God is and who humans are. And when I really thought about it, I had no reason to be fearful. And lastly, God reminded me that we don't share the offensive news. We share the good news. And the news that we share is good. And this is the good news that we believe. I believe in God, that He created the heavens and the earth and everything in it. I believe that God created Adam and Eve in His image, sinless, and they lived in harmony with God. I believe that they broke the one rule God gave them, resulting in sin entering into man and separating us from God. With sin came death, old age, sickness, disease, physical and mental illness, subsequently passing sin down to all generations. I believe we don't become sinful by doing wrong. I believe that we do wrong because we are already born sinful. I believe as sinners our judgment is death and to live forever separated from God. Regardless of all the good things I do or whether I think I'm a nice person or good, I'm destined to hell for all eternity because I was born into sin. But I also believe that God showed His love for us and that while we were still sinners, God sent His Son, Jesus Christ, to die for us. I believe that when Jesus died on the cross and paid the ultimate price for us, all our sins and all of God's anger was removed against us. I believe that Jesus died to set us free from sin, and He also rose from the dead to set us free from death. I believe that as we declare that Jesus is Lord and believe in our hearts that God raised Him from the dead, that we are saved. I believe Jesus will one day return in glory, where he, where he will destroy this broken world and create a new heaven and a new earth. I believe that those who love Him will dwell with Him again in this new world, and that those who reject Him will be cast away to live for all eternity in hell, separated from God. I believe every believer should repent of their sins and fully turn to God, who we now have a peaceful relationship with and live a holy life that is pleasing to them. I believe every believer should be baptized, fully submerged in water, representing our death and burial with Jesus and raising out of the water, representing our resurrection with Him as new creations. And I believe in the Holy Spirit, the person of the Holy Spirit that Jesus gives us as our helper and teacher and who now lives in us, all those who believe. This is what we believe. This is good news. Do you believe that? <laughs> so maybe we can just bow our heads and just take a moment. And thinking of those people that you have maybe shied away from sharing the good news because we're scared about how they're going to react. We're afraid of how they're going to think of us. I want to pray for those who, who make excuses about why they can't share the gospel. I want to pray for those who are conflict-averse because there is a chance that our message will bring conflict. 
So just a show of response. Is there anyone here that has some elements of the, f of the fear of man in them? I just want to pray for, for us at the moment. And there's lots of hands going up. So Lord Jesus, please forgive us, Lord. Everyone that has responded, Lord God, my hand included, Lord Jesus, for forgive us, Lord Jesus, that we have put mere humans, Lord God, before you, our fear of humans before you, Lord Jesus. As we sang today, Lord God, flame this fire in our heart, Lord God. Give us a fresh revelation that although we hear the story of the, the Red Sea parting, like Richard said, Lord, give us this revelation, a fresh revelation of who you are, Lord God, that we will have no doubt about what and who we believe in, and that we will not shy away from sharing the good news. The good news, Lord, that you came and you died for us, that you rose again and are seated with our Heavenly Father. And what you have done has washed us clean, and we get to share in that inheritance of eternity with you. Isn't this wonderful news? And we thank you for that, Lord God. Remind us of this when we're in the world. That we'll be bold and courageous. And that we can share the good news to those around us, Lord God. Let us start today. Already put the name of, of those family members on our hearts who you want us to call. And that we don't wait till two weeks from now, Lord God. Because we might have missed our chance. But that we'll be quick to obey. And that we'll do that today, Lord Jesus. And while we have our eyes closed, I want to pray for anyone who doesn't know this Jesus. You've heard the good news of what we believe. But this Jesus that we believe in is beautiful, as we've sung this morning. And he has paid the ultimate sacrifice for you. So I'm wondering if, if you would like a relationship with this Jesus that we worship and we pray about and we talk about and we share, why don't you raise your hand and I can pray with you as well. Anyone that wants this relationship with Jesus? Thank you, I see that hand. Anyone else? Anyone that feels that they need to recommit their lives to the Lord. That they've wandered so far from Him. That they just want to recommit again their life to Jesus. Anyone like that? Well, I'm going to pray with this young man. Lord Jesus, thank you for this young man. Maybe we can all just say after me, thank you Jesus. That you died on the cross for me that you have risen to heaven, conquering death and conquering the power of sin. And as I acknowledge you as my Savior, as I declare your name and believe in my heart that I am saved, so I thank you for my salvation. Amen.